Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Alex Frank, who covers all things Cincinnati for the Locked On Bearcats podcast. And Alex, we really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Well, John, Joe, thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great. Uh, what are we, 23 days away from kickoff in Fayetteville? It can't get here fast enough. Yeah, it is about that, and it is exciting to kind of build up to that point. And let's be honest, Razorback fans, you know, they're pretty familiar with all the SEC teams they face every year. But this team again, this game against Cincinnati is a fascinating one, especially considering Cincinnati's coming off of a college football playoff appearance, first group of five team to ever do that, which is extremely impressive. And going into this season, game one on the road against an SEC team, it's also going to be really interesting. But just kind of tell us about – what fall camp's been like leading up to that point, the expectation? What's kind of the whole vibe and move right now in uh, in Cincinnati fall camp? You know, fall camp has been good so far. I mean, I, I, Evan Frater and Ben Bryant, the quarterback battle, that's been the, the hot topic. But you also got some other positions. Cornerback's going to be a new look this year after Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, All-Americans. They were drafted in the NFL draft this past spring, but – John and Joe, I'm going to tell you, like the Bearcats, despite losing a bunch of talent, they're not rebuilding. They're just reloading, and there's a confident vibe surrounding this team. It's, it's a great time to be a part of the Bearcats football program. This is a team that, as you said, just made the college football playoff as a group of five program, an impressive achievement in of itself. But they've also got, you know, a move to a Power Five conference coming up, so there's a lot of momentum with this program. And even though they lost nine players to the NFL draft, three others to undrafted free agents, this is a team that still feels like they've got a real shot to win a third straight conference championship, and they're revving up for what should be a, a, a great afternoon, a, a fun game in Fayetteville in uh, 23 days. We know mostly about the quarterback position, as you mentioned there, with Desmond Ritter and then Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant at corner. What are some of the other positions where they're having to replace production? Well, definitely corner. I would also say the defensive line, John, Joe. Like, you look at guys from last year, Curtis Brooks and Myjay Sanders. That's a position that's going to feature some guys who have been here before but really haven't been the players who decide whether or not the Bearcats win games. And then I'll also go to the secondary at safety. Brian Cook, who was a do-it-all safety, he could, you know, rush the quarterback. He could play down low in the box. He's a guy who's going to be tough to replace. So, with this team, particularly on defense, it's going to be about guys who've been here before they played, but they haven't been the players who have decided whether or not the Bearcats win games like this one coming up. So that's where I'd say, other than quarterback and corner, your defensive line and your safety, and maybe linebackers too, but, I mean, linebackers to me is going to be the strength of the defense, especially when we when you talk about Deshaun and Ivan Pace. I mean, Deshaun Pace is an absolute heat-seeking missile. Um, he's a menace. He is going to be a great player for this year, maybe next year if he stays longer than that. And his brother Ivan transferring from Miami of Ohio. We've also got um, Wilson Huber, who's been a emerging player the last two seasons. So there's positions of replacement on this defense, but there's also positions of, hey, um, strengths, and that's linebacker, I would say. You know, the thing about Cincinnati is they've been a good team under Luke Fickle now for quite some time. And he's, he's I mean, six years, 48 and 15 is his record. Uh, you know, being a group of five team is always something which you're not going to be for very much longer as so they're going to be moving into the Big 12. But it's always just been really fascinating to see them year after year be so competitive. How has Luke Fickle been able to do that at Cincinnati where year after year they're one of the better teams in the country? 
it's not just Luke Fickle, John and Joe. You, Luke Fickle is obviously, you know, a god at the University of Cincinnati. But I'm going to give you another name, Brady Collins, um, strength and conditioning coach. That man, the way he has developed players like Sauce Gardner, Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, Alex Pierce, all players who were drafted last year, it's not just about recruiting. The Bearcats are great at recruiting, but the one thing they're, they're really good at is developing players. They haven't landed the four stars or five stars that go to SEC schools like Arkansas. But what they have been able to do is they've been able to develop players like by Jay Sanders, like players I've already mentioned, even guys like Jerome Ford, Brian Cook, uh, Curtis Brooks into NFL caliber players. It's remarkable that they're good at both recruiting and developing because they've had players leave in the past. Josiah DeGuara, um, James Wiggins, James Hudson, and they, they, just, they just keep churning out these great players, these positions. So he wear, Luke Fickle wears a shirt at, at, practice, at practice every day. Iron sharpens iron. And I, what goes along with that is success breeding success. The success of previous players leads to uh, the next line of players, next wave of players. So it's recruiting, but it's also the development of players that has really made this program just so competitive the last four seasons. Have you seen a, a change in recruiting, though, since announcing that Cincinnati is going to the Big 12, that they will be a Power 5 school? I, I mean, I think you could see changes in the areas they target, but with Cincinnati, you recruit in an area that has a lot of good football. Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, uh, Pennsylvania, um, Indiana, schools like that. But I think when you go to the Big 12, John and Joe, when you talk about that area, Texas, Louisiana, I think there's areas that they're going to have to target more than they haven't. Colorado even, because now they got a competitor, competitive um, opponent, BYU, out in uh, Provo. So I think you're going to see them hit parts of the country that they haven't hit yet. As far as the players and positions they're targeting, I don't see a change there because, let's be honest, this is a program that prides itself on its tough and nastiness, not necessarily the uh, flair and the panache that comes with you know the speed at wide receiver. Now, the Big 12 does have a lot of speed, but the Bearcats, they're going to pride themselves on being a physical team, and they're going to target the trenches, and they're going to target other positions that have to do with the physicality as opposed to uh, speed and you know the finesse. Speaking with Alex Frank here on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline, talking about Cincinnati Bearcat Fall Camp. You know, making that move to the Big 12, Alex, is something that uh, with conference realignment has been a big topic. But what has that been like just for from the fans' perspective and from uh, the school's perspective where making this move where it seemed like everything was set in stone for so long to be making this jump? I mean, what's the level of excitement like to be a part of the conference like the Big 12? Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable, and if I could, I don't think the words I could put it into it do it justice, John and Joe, because I, I just think about you know all that's going to come with it, the revenue you're going to get from your television deals, financial. I mean, it's going to be insane. And then you think about like for me, I think about like you know the possibility of being on Big Monday on ESPN with the Kansas Jayhawks coming in at Fifth Third Arena. I think about the Big Twelve basketball conference. I think about every game feeling like a tournament game. The Bearcats basketball, which, you know, hasn't been all that good over the last two or three seasons, but it's still um, a signature part of the university woven into the fabric of Clifton. So I, I just think about, you know, finally getting this brand that has been really successful in both sports, you know, into a Power 5 conference and show what they can do. And it's a good time to do it. You know, you're going with some good schools in football. You've The Big 12, you know, football um, they have some good teams, UCF, Houston, BYU. But I just think about from a basketball perspective, how exciting it's going to be to welcome in teams like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and go on the road and play in an iconic venue like Allen Fieldhouse and then the Big 12 tournament. 
you know, no longer are you going to be playing your games in the half-full arena on a good day in Fort Worth, Texas, no offense to the American, but you're going to be playing in front of sold-out crowds in Kansas City where there's barbecue and you can go, you know, maybe hang out with Patrick Mahomes and watch a Royals game. But it's just going to be a, an unbelievable time. You know, you're going to get notoriety, you're going to get exposure, and you're going to feel a part of, you know, what college athletics is all about. You're going to have a seat at the table. That's what I think about the most. Luke Fickle is one of those coaches that every time there's a job opening, his name seems to surface and he's connected. He was connected with the uh, Notre Dame job. He, he was mentioned then. Some of the bigger jobs that are out there. So what has Cincinnati done to be able to keep Luke Fickle around? Well, there's a saying that one of my colleagues in Cincinnati um, said, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And I truly do believe that. If you're Luke Fickle, I think he – realizes, hey, he's got a pretty good setup here at Cincinnati where, you know, there's, I mean, listen, the expectations have gotten bigger over the years, but I just think the upgrades to, to, to Nipper Stadium, I think the new locker room that's coming, I just think everything that the athletic department is pouring into the university and realizing, hey, you know, and I think, too, it's stuff that's not in his control but in a good way. Like, the only jobs that Luke Fickle would realistically take, I think, are – well, one of them was Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman ultimately got that job, and Ohio State, but Ryan Day, at least I don't think, is going anywhere for the foreseeable future, and he's not going to go to Michigan. He's not going to go to Michigan State or Penn State. And Luke Fickle said something last year, guys, that has really resonated with me. He talks about when you're dealing with 18- to 22-year-olds, you're not just going to leave them you know, out to dry by leaving to take another job like some other coach from uh, South Bend and formerly Clifton. What you're going to do is you're going to pour everything you have into that program, into those kids who, when they commit to the university, they are literally putting their lives and their trust into Luke Fickle's hands. And same too with the recruit's family. So it's just Luke Fickle, his transparency, it's his, you know, he's no nonsense. He doesn't have, um, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And he's very transparent. He tells you how it is. And at the end of the day, it has led to, new heights of success that I don't think any of us in Clifton could have ever imagined. No, I know that Arkansas opens up against Cincinnati, and you mentioned all the things of how the not necessarily rebuilding but reloading going to be another great team. Do you expect Cincinnati to come into Fayetteville in game one and, and beat Arkansas on their home field? You know, I, I've thought about this ever since the end of the last season when Cincinnati walked off the field against Alabama. Look, um, I'm going to be realistic. I think it's going to be a tough game for Cincinnati. I mean, Arkansas was really good last year. They returned K.J. Jefferson. They returned some key players on defense from what I've studied. But I just, you know, there's something about the Bearcats that they can win. I mean, any team can win on any given Saturday. This is a team that went into Notre Dame and knocked off a really good Notre Dame team last year. And, heck, in the third quarter of the Cotton Bowl, it was 17-6. to And Cincinnati had the ball at midfield. So they have shown they can go toe-to-toe with some really good teams in college football. Do I expect Cincinnati to go into Fayetteville and win? Gun to my head, and I'm going to be honest, probably not. But I'm looking forward to what should be a competitive game. It's a fun season opener. It's a season opener that I think should get more attention on the first Saturday of the season than it is. But, I mean, they think the Bearcats can, but I just worry new quarterback, new corners, you know, new offensive coordinator. You're going up against an SEC team who's coming off a great season, a lot of momentum in Fayetteville. But I'm just looking forward to what should be a, a great game and a game that's going to generate a lot of buzz both uh, with you guys in Fayetteville and here in Cincinnati. 
What are expectations overall for Cincinnati this season? Not only the game against Arkansas, but just going into the season, what, what do you expect? Well, I'm going to put it to you both this way. You're, you're a college football playoff program now. You've been to the college football playoff, and you play in the American Athletic Conference. So that should mean you play for a conference championship. There's, there's no reason why this team can't. I can't name you two teams in this conference better than Cincinnati to take their spot and play for a championship. So it should be to win a conference championship. Once they do that, you know, we'll go from there. If it doesn't be a New Year's Six Bowl, hey, you know, I prefer it too, and I think that there still is a possibility, very good possibility, they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. So, yeah, I'll say it. Conference championship or the season, in my eyes, is not going to, not going to be a success. You can't go into the Big 12 on the heels of not winning the conference championship in the American as a college football playoff program and all the momentum that you have, excuse me, in my opinion. So I'll say conference championship and a New Year's Six Bowl, and we'll go from there. So Arkansas, obviously the opening game is going to be a tough one, but besides Arkansas, what's the other tough matchup? What's the game that is going to be uh, the toughest one for Cincinnati this season? The two-game gauntlet at the the end of October at SMU and at UCF. You never want to go on the road twice. You definitely don't want to go on the road twice to play two teams who are going to tire you out because of their speed offensively. SMU is a very aerial first team. They're going to throw the football. And then I think about UCF. It'll be the first time the Bearcats play that team in front of a packed house in Orlando since 2018. UCF still claims they were they were the national champions in 2017. But at the end of the day, they don't have what the Bearcats have, and that's a college football playoff appearance. That's undisputed. That can't be taken away. But UCF, their fans and that team is going to want to beat the Bearcats by 50. That's a tough game. But that two-game gauntlet in late October, that's going to be what determines if the Bearcats play and win a conference championship, in my opinion. A lot of success in the area overall. NFL team, Cincinnati Bengals, just went to the Super Bowl. So Yes, they you, did. How yeah, about that? What do you think about them coming into this season? I I think they're going to be really, really good. Um, Jamar Chase has been looking scary good in camp. Um, T. Higgins is bigger than he was last year. He was pretty dang good last year. Offensive line has been beefed up. And I, I mean, I can talk about the Bengals the rest of the show. My family's had season tickets since 1968 their very first season, and that Super Bowl run was incredible. But I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be an offense that's high-flying, a defense that's opportunistic. And I expect this team to win the division, get back to the playoffs, at least win one game. But that NFC is pretty tough. I mean, I right now, if you ask me who I think is going to win it, I'd say the Buffalo Bills. But the Bengals are going to be right there. They're going to be right there. It's going to be a fun season. Joe Burrow hopefully gets back soon from his appendectomy. And it's just going to be a fun ride. Like being a football fan in Cincinnati right now, it, it, it's it's awesome. Well, and one of the things that uh, we of course watch for here in Arkansas is that the backup quarterback for the Bengals, Brandon Allen, of course is yeah. uh, is from Arkansas, and it seems like especially with Joe Burrow wanting to make sure he stays healthy and everything as far as uh, his procedure, may get a chance to see a lot of Brandon Allen this uh, in these uh, exhibition games before the season. Yeah, and you'll see him tomorrow, first preseason game for the Bengals tomorrow night against the Arizona Cardinals. Brandon Allen. He's, he's serviceable. I, I like what he brings. He was, you know, he was tough. Come, came into a tough situation, obviously when Joe Burrow's knee was shredded in 2020. But uh, Brandon Allen show, showed me some things that year. I, I like the way he plays. He's got a good leadership command of the offense. So uh, you're right. There you go. Uh, connection to Fayetteville with Brandon Allen. A couple of areas that they needed to improve on that team. One being offensive line. Joe Burrow was a guy that. As well as he played, he got beat up pretty bad because of that offensive line. What kind of improvements have they made there? I just think guys who look like they're offensive linemen, and I think about this, guys. Ted Karras and Alex Kappa have won Super Bowls. 
The Bengals have been to a Super Bowl. They just haven't won the Super Bowl yet. But you now have guys in the building who have won. And there's a sign in the building. Paul Brown said this, the great Paul Brown, winning makes believers in us all. There's now a winning culture in Cincinnati. They've been there before. They know what it takes to get there. That offensive line, it just looks like an offensive line. Lyle Collins said when he signed with the Bengals to Joe Burrow, hey, your bodyguard is here. And he's not clear to practice, so. I mean, you thought the Bengals' offense was good last year. I think it could be even better this year because Joe Burrow is going to have the time for plays to develop. You're going to be able to use some play action. Joe Mixon's going to be able to run the football. This is going to be a tough offense to stop. Well, especially in a division like that where, you know, the Browns situation, yeah. of course, with Deshaun Watson, don't really know what the uh, the end game is going to be yeah. there. But then we know the Ravens is going to be a great, great team as always. And the Steelers, they're yeah. breaking in a new quarterback too. So it's kind of an interesting division where – uh, there's still a lot of quality teams in there with some quality players, but you know yeah. that uh, you know Cincinnati's probably going to be looking to take that division crown this year. They are, and I, I think they will because I, I never thought I'd say this already this year, this early in the Joe Burrow era, but they match up well with Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and those two teams have ruled this division for the better part of the last 20 years. But because they beat him so badly last year twice each, I think they'll do the same thing again this year. And now the Ravens are going to be healthier this year, and Pittsburgh's going to bring an element of toughness. And you know, it's always you always get that little you know tension in your chest when you say Pittsburgh as a Cincinnati fan. But at the end of the day, John Joe, I, I think the Bengals like it's hard for me to pick against them to win this division. After years of Paul Brown Stadium, what's been the reaction to Paycor Stadium now? Uh, there's, there have been mixed reactions, but I like it. I'm going to tell you why. Because if there was any doubt that you had about the Bengals leaving after the lease of the stadium was up in 2026, it's not going to happen because it's a 16-year deal. It's going to pump more money into the franchise. And this was the time to do it. You know, there's a phrase that a lot of um, talk show hosts and uh, some of my colleagues use in Cincinnati, striking while the iron's hot. And that's just what the Bengals are doing right now. So I'm a fan of it. Hey, core stadium. I mean, we have – a lot of venues in Cincinnati named after, you know, HR companies or banks or, you know, insurance companies. So it fits the scene. And you know what? I, I, I'm all in. You know, it's a new era. Let, let, let's go. It's going to be exciting, I know, for everybody in Cincinnati. Got a lot of good football going on there, not only professionally, but with college as well. And, Alex, we appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. And we look forward to seeing how it goes down in Fayetteville here in just a little over three weeks. I can't wait for the football season to get started. John Joe, as always, thanks for having me on, and uh, best best of luck to both of you, and I uh, can't wait to throw it down September 